Yo, yo, what up everyone? This is your life coach, Jacob Sobel, and welcome to WTF Should I Do With My Life. You're about to access a roadmap specifically designed for people in our generation, like you and me, who are looking to figure out how to create a life filled with happiness, success, and a deep sense of purpose, while simultaneously dealing with the challenges of today. This interview is with Scott Dinsmore. Scott is the founder of Live Your Legend and is on a mission to help people find passion and build career around work they love. He's the creator of How to Connect with Anyone, an interactive guide to surrounding yourself with people who make all the difference. In this interview, you're going to learn how to find work you're passionate about and how to build relationships with people you admire. We're also going to talk about what Scott's real definition of success is and where most people get trapped. Scott, dude, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, Jacob, it's good to be here. All right, I'm brother. Well, I'm particularly excited to talk to you because you're one of the people who I really admire who's coming out of that young adult phase. So I'd love to hear more about your story and how, you know, some of the challenges perhaps that you've faced as a young adult and how they've led you to where you are right now. Yeah, well, I don't like to totally admit that I'm coming out of the young adult phase, but I guess we'll go with it. I uh, I just turned just turned 30 and uh kind of processing that but it's been a it's been a fun ride so far. Right on. So yeah, let me let me know. I'm happy to take this wherever wherever you want to go with it. So um I'll let you lead. Yeah, cool. So can you tell us a, a bit about your story, kind of what how you came to be where you are right now, and perhaps what some of the challenges were that you faced? figuring it out, figuring out, you know, I'm a young adult, I'm dealing with life, and it doesn't always make sense, but how did you get to where you are right now? What, what were some of the challenges you faced growing up? Okay, so, I mean, I, I was, you know, fortunate to have a great uh, family and, and people who, you know, supported me and encouraged me to do things that who were important to me um, in terms of, like, going all the way back, but as I look at, like, kind of the path, I went to, I grew up in just near San Francisco, and then went to school in Santa Barbara, which is on the California coast, just down a little ways from where I where I grew up, and um, had a you know great experience at school, and and studied I don't know similar way that that most people would, but um, I ended up studying abroad in Spain for a little while, and being out there for six months living with a family like totally changed really my perspective and and just my it kind of lit a, a separate fire, and when I came back to school, I, you know, ended up finishing, I graduated, and then I didn't have any plans after college, and so I went on a little graduation trip with some, with a good buddy of mine and a couple other buddies, and we started in Pamplona in Spain and ran with the bulls and, you know, did all that kind of stuff and had some fun and ended up meeting some people back in Sevilla where I lived, and they told me, uh, they were telling me about how they were living out there and they were teaching English, and kind of just talking about how, you know, there's some fun things you could do out here if you want to. And we were, we continued our trip for the next seven weeks, but thinking about, you know, what we might do. And, um, and, and we didn't have jobs back at home. So we decided um, we, after kind of putting some things together and, uh, and planning some things out, we ended up sticking around for um, about a year and started an English teaching business for mainly businessmen and also were tour guides in Spain, Morocco, and Portugal. Um, and we went, uh, I mean, it was, you know, it's, it was good to, I mean, being around that culture and, and just that, the language, everything is, is a very neat experience. 
and super eye-opening, but what it really got me thinking because it kind of showed me there was a different path and that the people in Spain, as with a lot of places outside of the U.S., it seems like, enjoy, uh, I mean, they just enjoy. Like, they, they, they focus on, uh, like, people and, commu and community and all that over work. And so you have this thing where in, in the U.S., it's like you, you live so you can work, and out there they, they kind of work so they could live and do the rest of the things they enjoy. And uh, it just was that why in the road that showed me, like, another way it was possible. And so when I came back to the U.S., I had all these kind of grand ideas, and, and then um, people and kind of society and people around me kind of quickly talked me into the standard route of, oh, you know, okay, you've had fun out there. Now come look, do something serious and get a job with a real company that, um, that you can, you know, put on your resume and start building that path and, and doing the standard thing. And I, I had told myself I wasn't going to fall into that trap, but of course I did when I got back and um, ended up just at a big company that, quote, unquote, you could be proud of, but I was just, like, miserable. And I wasn't – the work I was doing was just not at all engaging. It wasn't using my skills or talents or interests it wasn't healthy for the company or for me. And so after about seven months, I, uh, after exactly seven months, I just said, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to leave. And despite a lot of people talking about, hey, stick around for at least two years and build that resume and at least have the, you know, good experience. You don't want to, you know, have a, a black eye on your resume about only staying at a company for seven months. And I just thought, what the hell are they talking about? Like, this, this sucks. Like, this is not a good use of my time. I'm not adding good value and I'm not doing what I – you know, I, I know that I could be adding, you know, being more worthwhile somewhere else. And so um, around that time when I left, I just told myself, I'm going to quit. I'm not going to take anything for a few months. I'm just going to process and think and try and figure out what the hell went wrong. Like, like what are people, the people who do the work that they really love, like what are they doing so differently than so many of the other people, like 80 or 90% of people who don't enjoy their work? is a staggering, tragic statistic. But, um, and about that time, my dad gave me a copy of What Colors Your Parachute, and, uh, which is one of the ultimate career change, really the ultimate career change Bible. And it's been a bestseller for like 40 years or something. And, and it, it just gave me this belief and realization that doing work that you really cared about doing is a right if you're willing to work for it and, and be intentional about how you go about things. And I, I ended up, um, find a, a great uh, a couple of buddies that started a preventive healthcare company. It's a great little business to work with. I got to actually, I, I went on a search for something I could screw up. That's how I put it. I just wanted to have an impact. And like, I, that's the negative way of saying it, but I wanted to be able to do something that made a difference. And that's where I started. And then I, um, it, I started doing something I cared about. And I, on the side, I, I, uh, people were asking me more and more for help on this career topic because I saw that I had kind of, um, learned about it, got really into it, and had kind of been having some exciting experiences. And so more and more people asked to sit down for lunch and, and see, you know, they'd say, Scott, I don't like what I'm doing. Like, can we talk about it? And I got to the point where I'd have to warn them. I'd say, hey, I'm happy to do it, but only, let's only get together if you're serious about a change because at that point, like, my quit rate was like 80%. And of the people who were sitting down with me, literally like 80% were quitting their jobs within three months of – of talking with me. And it wasn't that I was all about like, oh, quit your job. Like that's the thing to do. It was that when you ask the right type of questions and start to learn more about who you are and, and why you're doing the things you're doing, 
you start to realize you made a lot of decisions that weren't you. They were decisions you made based on what other people told you you were, you were supposed to think. And this kind of societal norm, like you're, it starts with that definition of, definition of success and how we you know, are kind of trained to have a, a good company name on the resume, a good, uh, a good position, a good title, and whatever the best salary we can compare with our friends. You know, even though none of that stuff makes a freaking difference when it comes to fulfillment. In fact, a lot of times it hurts you because you – you deprioritize the stuff that actually matters. And so it, I just saw that this was just this, this total mess that people were misguided about. And I think it really starts with when you're in, I mean, as early as possible, but definitely in like high school and for sure college, uh, where you've got to start being more intentional about the kind of the steps you take. Because if you don't, you get totally off track and it can take, I mean, a decade, maybe two, three, or maybe you go through your whole career knowing there could be something more, but you, you don't you you don't know how to go about it, or you're just frustrated, and it's just it's a that's a miserable existence, and it's not fair. It's not good for the world or for anybody, and it's it's on us to figure that out on ourselves. And so I just put together tools and started writing more, and and created a a business called Live Your Legend that um, really helps people figure out what really matters to them and build a career around something they're passionate about, and. It's not like I have the answers, but I have a, you know, a process for discovery that has been useful for a lot of people. And, but it really comes down to just doing work on yourself and then you know, through a, oh, a number of different steps, but a series of small experiments and pushing limits and surrounding yourself with the, the right type of people, you know, things start to become a lot more possible, which you know, we can get into all that stuff. But um, that's kind of the general story, and that's where we are now. And it's you know, so far been a, a very fun ride to be able to help people with this stuff uh, in a way that, you know, can get out on a kind of a bigger scale than just sitting down for lunch with someone every, you know, couple of days. Yeah, dude, I, I think so much of what happens early on in our life is about pleasing others. We grow up and what do we want? We want love. You know, we want our parents to approve us. You know, we, we, want, us, we want them to love us. We want their support and their, you know, their comfort. And I think it's, there comes a point in our lives at some time that we need to realize, holy shit, I'm my own person. And the, the realization can be, it can be like a, a slap in the face. Like I, this whole time I've been being somebody who I thought people wanted me to be. And when we start to make decisions based on what's more authentic to us, when we start to realize I'm in this place because other people want me to be here or they think they want me to be here, something really powerful that, that changes. It's almost, um, it's just like for me, it felt incredibly lib liberating, and I can specifically remember actually having a conversation with my pops, who I love, mm. and saying and saying, Dad, like you got to stop telling me what to do. And like my dad would always, every time I would see him, he would always start at least you know five sentences with, Jacob, you should, and it would be as simple as you should bring an umbrella if it's raining out, and it would piss me off. I'd be like, Dad, shut up about the umbrella, all right? I'm a grown man. Like, leave me alone. And and I can I can remember one of my really good friends had passed away, um, and I was probably 22 years old at the time, and it left me in a really emotional state. And I was just, it, I guess, you know, when you're when you're really when something like that happens, it kind of cracks you open a little bit and lets you access more of your core self of who you actually are as a person. So one of my really good friends, kind of older brother to me, had passed away when I was about 22. 
And I remember oh, wow. going out for some Mexican food with my pops in uh, in Spanish Harlem that night, and we sat down, and, like, my dad didn't know what he had coming for him. You know, I'm just like, Dad. And that was the conversation where I said, Dad, you know, I, I love you so much, and I respect who you are, and I respect the person, you know, that, that you are and what you've done with your life. But I, I can't – I've realized that I've been trying to be you my entire life, and mm. I need to be myself. And that was that was really hard for him to hear. I mean – he didn't cry, but he, you know, his, it was it was close. I've never really seen my dad like that, and it was it was a really painful conversation, that but one that that kind of needed to be had in order to get past that stage of constantly making decisions based on other people's approval. So I'd love to circle back around to what some of the tools or what the process that you offer people is um, for dealing with kind of saying, okay, well, here's here's what the world wants me to do. That's nice and fine, but. I got to figure out what I want to do. I got to figure out what's important to me. And I love your, your tagline of your site. You know, your tagline is um, change, change the world by doing work that you love. So how do you, how do you guide people towards doing that? How do we start to figure out that process? Yeah, well, the, the idea is that, I mean, if you, if you do work that you care about doing, you're going to feel better. You're more inspired. You're going to, you know, treat your wife better and your kids, your server at, you know, the, at lunch everyone better and then they start to treat other people differently and it starts to ripple and then you can start to really have a revolution when those, those ripples intersect. And so that's the idea of change the world by doing work you love. And the, the process, I mean, it really, I mean, it starts with, with yourself of like asking the right questions and serious just introspection about, you know, what, what do you actually stand for and what matters to you and how do you define success and the, you know, what are your core strengths and talents and the things that you're most, ex- you're most excited way of helping people and what unique way can you, can you make people better? These types of things that asking the questions just like that, I mean, it's, it's tough to, you know, come up with an answer because it, it involves some digging, but you know, we have a number of different types of exercises and things like that. But, and there's some great tools and assessments out there. Like I think the StrengthsFinder 2.0 uh, test or the book, which comes with the online test, is fantastically powerful. I've used it with a lot of a lot of my clients and friends and business partners and things. But it's stuff like that. It's being intentional about asking yourself why. Like if you ask yourself why enough times, you can start to get to the core of something. You know, it's like, well, um, I want to have, um, you know, I want to make a, I don't know, hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay. Well, why? Oh, well, because I want to have this nice house. Well. Well, why? Um, you know, because I want to put all my things in it. Well, why is that? Well, I don't know. Because it, that's what other people do. It's like, well, why does it matter to you? Well, actually, maybe it doesn't at all matter to you. And you, you just ask why enough about these different topics, and hopefully it, it sheds some light. And the biggest thing, well, I mean, it's a combination. When you, I call it like the compass. When you put together your, your real values, your, your top values of who you are, your strengths, and, and talents, and then also the things that you hate, and then you put that along with your definition of success, you have these kind of four points. And it, if you, you get a real understanding of like what matters to you, then you, can st- you start making decisions in a, a really different way. And it'll start to matter a whole lot less like what your job title is or what your salary is compared to somebody else. And unfortunately, these metrics you know, the, there's not a very universal metric for happiness right now and for fulfillment and all that, but there is an easy way of comparing numbers, salaries or titles or things like that. 
And so especially in school, you get totally focused on that. And, then, and you're just kind of figuring out, okay, I'm just going to get the best thing. Oh, this job's going to pay me 50 grand, but this other one's going to pay me 56 grand. Well, I'm definitely taking the other one. Even though the other one might make you want to jump out a window, it, you don't even think about that part of it, which is, and in the, in the scheme of things, the money just doesn't, doesn't make a difference. Like if you do good work and help people and do things that you're, you're excited about, uh, you're, you're going you're gonna to be able to support yourself. There's all kinds of different ways you can apply that. Um, but uh, we make these decisions that can affect, dramatically affect the direction of our life by, for silly, silly purposes of, of you know, having a lecture change or comparing it with your friend or something like that. So getting that understood and understanding yourself from as early an age as possible. I was just talking with some friends about this who um, homeschool their kids, and we talked about how it really starts with just the, I mean, the environment that you're around as early as possible. I mean, your family, you can't control your family, but, um, but as us you know, thinking about in the future being parents ourselves, I mean, that's where the education begins and the, the focus on many experiments and trying things out and just exploring yourself and what lights you on fire. I mean, something as simple as since I've been in Spain, I've always kept a, a journal of the people and things that inspire me. When I see somebody that's doing something, I just say, oh, my God, like, that's incredible. I would love to do that. I would love to do what they're doing. I'll just notice that. I'll write it down and kind of ask myself why. And before long, you have this whole repository of different things that excite you and inspire you that you would like to do. And then you can think about how do those overlap and how am I to apply them. And, and it's not – the big misconception, I think, is that people think it's all about entrepreneurship. And it's not. I mean, it, a lot of times, if you really want to customize, like, very specifically how you're going to affect the world, entrepreneurship is often the best route because you can you know, totally customize it. But it's damn scary. It's intense. It's emotional. I mean, all these things. There are a lot of you know, great jobs for people that are with you know, corporations and all that if you approach the process starting with understanding yourself. You know, but if you don't, then you're just going to be a cog in the wheel and, and likely be miserable. So uh, it, if you're armed with, with enough self-education, then, then it's, it's tough to go wrong. You're not going to nail it right away, or maybe you will, but maybe you won't. But the idea is that you're constantly correcting paths, but you're starting in a direction that's much more likely to be something that fires you up than um, just becoming a, a lawyer or an analyst at a hedge fund just because that's the flavor of the month and it sounds cool. Yeah, I've never thought about that idea of having an inspiration journal where not only do you write down what's inspiring you, but you write down why it's inspiring you. And then with that kind of why, that why, that why. And it's funny, when I, when I meet people now, I used to be very introverted. I kind of stayed to myself and I wasn't, wasn't publicly very sociable and now what I find is I have this like insatiable curiosity about them and almost in, in a way that they don't have about themselves and I keep asking those questions why so why do you do that why are you interested in it? And, and like it forces them to think and I feel it always feels like there's a real solid um, more, more of a soulful kind of bond than this superficial stuff that we're so conditioned to speak about um, perhaps because we don't want to make ourselves vulnerable or because we don't even pay attention to, to those things ourselves. So I love that idea of having that inspiration journal and then saying, all right, well, why, why? And I think that's a great place for a lot of young adults to start. Um, can, you, right. can you clarify what you meant uh, when you spoke about the compass? 
because I think that's a really cool idea. And if you could talk a little bit more about that, I think we may get a bunch out of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's kind of like the, the, the core theme I use to kind of tie things together. It is, I mean, life is an exploration and it's a, a journey. It's an adventure. I try to really approach everything like that. You're exploring and learning. If you could sum my purpose or mission down into one word, it would be exploring. You know, exploring myself, exploring others, places, new, uh, new skills, whatever it is. So you have this compass and obviously you said, you know, find your direction. And the, the points of the compass come down to understanding your values and, and really what really matters to you. You know, is it success? Is it achievement? Or is it family? Or is it, you know, health? I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, different possibilities. And then uh, what are your natural talents and strengths, the things that you're, you're really good at? That, you know, what do people thank you for? What do people ask for your help for? for with? There's all kinds of ways to kind of sort that out. But then also the things that you can't stand or the experiences you've had in the past that just that not, not just terrify you because, I mean, fear and being scared of something is sometimes a sign that you're, a lot of times a sign that you're, what you're doing matters, but stuff that you just, you hate, hate doing. Who knows what it is? I mean, maybe it's, you know, spreadsheet, spreadsheet gymnastics, you know, for, um, in finance or who knows, whatever it is. So you have those things and then you have your definition of success. And when you put those all together, it, you can actually walk in a direction that's congruent with who you are. And, but the problem is a lot of people don't know that stuff, so they haven't spent the time to figure it out. I mean, most universities don't spend more than maybe a day in one class. Maybe you take a Myers-Briggs test or something like that, and it, which is a, you know, a great test, but it's just the very start. I mean, I, I am a firm believer that there should be a, a minor or a you know, secondary course of study that everyone is required to do that's on themselves. Because mm-hmm. you get through four years of college, and or you, and you get through high school and you manage to not learn a freaking thing about yourself. You learn a lot of times just a bunch of theory and then keep following more of just the path that everyone's followed of, you know, go find a job. And, and they might say, like, oh, do something you're excited about. But it's like, well, what on earth does that mean? <laughs> you, how are you possibly going to pick something that matters to you if you don't know what matters to you? <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's the guidance. You've got to start with that. Because then you can make decisions so much better. I remember when I figured that out, I was, you start to see opportunities. Like I randomly was, I took a speed reading class. Oh, I don't know, maybe it's been like five years now or something. And I remember taking it and it was awesome information. I learned a ton and I was really inspired by the instructor. And, uh, and just what he was doing, like he was teaching these people this really useful skill. And I thought, oh, what a cool impact. And I knew it aligned with, with my, my strengths of, of connecting and wanting to teach and, and educate and things that I just, I knew about myself. And I remember just, I recognized that. And I emailed the guy afterwards and said, hey, thanks, awesome work. Um, by the way, if uh, you ever happen to need any help or anything, let me know. And he wrote back. He's like, actually, it turns out I, I'm the founder of the company. We were trying San Francisco out just as a test. We definitely could use some teachers. And then, you know, before long, I, I, was, I was one of the guys teaching the classes. And it was, but I would have never noticed that if I didn't know about myself. Because then you just walk through and things might fly, passions and interests and dream jobs and careers might just fly past you and you'll never know you missed it because you, you don't know what you're looking for. Yeah. You know, so that's one of the things that I was most excited about with this chat. It's kind of when I think about you and I think about what your superpower is, 
probably know where I'm going with this already, and I know you have a couple superpowers, but the, the one particularly of interest to me is that you have this ability to connect with people, and you have this ability to, to create relationships um, that, that at least from the – well, one is having a relationship with you. I, I know it feels special to have a relationship with you, and it doesn't – I know you have relationships with, with other people, and um, from the outside, although it's hard to say, but it, it seems like they are based on some substance opposed to just the superficiality of everyday, you know, bullshit, right? So right. one of the things that, I'm re- that I was particularly interested for myself, and I, I think this is going to be um, universal or, or I'm going to represent kind of this young adult group here, is h- how do you go about creating relationships with people you admire? And what, what is that process like for you? Yeah, that's well, it's good time. I think you you know I'm working on a course on how to connect with anyone. It's turned it's such a huge topic, and and really is so core to doing work that you love. Like you can't do work that you are passionate about without surrounding yourself with the right passionate people. And um, I actually have a what I call the passionate work framework that breaks it down to three three pillars. One is understanding yourself, which we just talked about the compass and all that, and then and self experimentation and then the the um, second one is doing the impossible. So just proving to yourself you can do things you didn't think you could do. And that's physical, mental, just everything. It compounds and, and the confidence grows. And the third is surrounding yourself with passionate people. And there's no more powerful life hack in the world than just changing your environment. And what's incredible is that we're in total control of that. Like when we grow up, let's say we're, I don't know, in like – 10 years old or something, you, you don't have much control over it. You're around the friends that you are on a circumstance basis and your family's your family. But as you get older and you get into college and even, even high school and then later on, you get to choose the people you're around. It's not always easy and it can be hard to decide that someone's not helping your cause or is disencouraging you so you, you want to move on. But that, that's, all, that's all it comes down to. And so it's just like if you want to run a marathon – and you decide you're going to sit around with a bunch of your buddies every weekend who drink beers and watch football all day, the odds of you making progress are about zero. But if all of a sudden you decide, I'm going to hang out with guys who run 10 or 20 miles a day, without even knowing it, your standards and your belief of what's possible is going to completely transform. And when you do that, you operate on this new level. And you don't even necessarily need to set some crazy new goals. It's just like, well, if they do this all the time, like, why can't I? Why shouldn't I? And... I remember that happened with me, with my, uh, my, just my business online. I always, you know, I would write and I would help people on these topics with, you know, career and doing work they cared about, but I never really thought you could, you know, create a business, especially around, like, you know, I had a, a blog I wrote for and stuff that you can't really create a business around that. And, and then I moved to San Francisco and I met this handful of maybe a dozen or two people who were, had these thriving businesses that were based on just a blog. And one, a good buddy of mine supports his family of eight just with his blog that he writes a couple times a week on it. It blew my mind because I didn't think it was possible. And then I started to hang around with them as much as I could. And I, I just I was so inspired. And, and I, within, it was crazy. My, my following and my impact had grown by 0% for four years, like literally zero, just my friends and family and, you know, the people I met with over lunches. And then within six months of spending time around these people, it grew by 10x. And then within... 18 months, it grew by over 160x. <laughs> and it, it was because my mentality shifted to how could you possibly do this? How could you possibly not? And it's such a fundamental 
difference in the way you look at things because if you don't believe something can be done, then obviously, you know, good luck. You're not going to get it done. Um, so, I mean, that's my long-winded explanation of just why the people you surround yourself are everything. Environment is everything. So we talk about surrounding yourself with passionate people and, and connecting with these folks. And I think a lot of people get caught up with connecting with, you know, well-known people. And that's, that's great. It has a good place and it's, it's useful. But the most important people are the people you surround yourself with every day. And that the people who should be encouraging you and supporting you and, and trading inspiration and all that. And, and those are the people that elevate your standards without knowing it. Those are those guys who run the marathons, let's say, every weekend. Um, but the problem is a lot of us, you know, especially like you're in college, you're, you're just, you graduate and you're in the working world. Most people around you, we go back to this 80 or 90% of people who don't like their work, well, they're going to encourage the complacency and they're going to, they're going to look at you like you're crazy or get upset at you for trying to do something differently. That's not healthy and that holds us back. So it's really the, the everyday people who, who either can inspire you or bring you down. So that, that's the most important thing to get right, but then it's like, okay, I want to connect with mentors and people above me. And the, the most important thing you need to do is to change, at least from my experience and what, what's worked, is it, it starts with having a genuine interest in other people. Okay, you can't, there's all these tricks and tactics that you can maybe use to you know, build a connection or something like that, but if it's not real, people are going to see right through it. People's bullshit meters are super high. And so you have to really care about making friends, and that's really the way I see it. Is if I see someone I want to know, and you know, I'm inspired by their work, I think of how would I treat this person if they were my good friend or someone I want them to be, someone who I want to be my good friend. And when you change that, when you reframe it like that from, oh, I want to talk to a celebrity to I want to write someone into my life and, and make them a part of it, you, you start to think differently. I mean, when you, with friends, what do you do? I mean, you sit there, you listen to them. You, well, first off, you remember their name, you know, and you know about their kids, you know their birthdays, you, you know what they like, you, you want to hear their story, you want to think about how you can help them. You know, with your, your close friends, you, you'll open up to them, you'll be vulnerable, and you'll, you'll listen to what they need most help on, and you'll think about how you can uniquely do that. You know, you'll just, if you look through that lens, you, you approach it in a much more genuine way, and so it, which creates a real connection, because people are people. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, how many books they've written or talks they've given or companies they've sold, like people are people. And, and if you, and everyone wants to help and be helped, and that's like kind of the, and, and connect, that's like the fundamental, the fundamental human need. So I like to start with that framework of just, it's just how would you approach it if you're trying to become friends with them? And then you become a lot more genuine and, and you, <laughs> it turns out you stand out pretty well too, because a lot of people just go after, you know, people because they, they want something from them, you know, but do you try and, you know, shove things down your friend's throats, try and sell them things? Like, no, you don't. You do the opposite, right? You try and help them with things. So that's the, the basis, the kind of the foundation. Yeah, that's fantastic, dude. I, I remember um, listening to you at, uh, in Portland just a month ago oh, yeah. where you speak about the, this exact topic and just that just such simple human things, right? And when you were just saying human things, I kind of went and expected to hear you talk about some 
some formula or some guiding, you know, tactics that can't, you know, can't be denied, right? You're just like, people are people. Like, get get it, you know? Like, people are people no matter who they are. And just switch the framework. How can how can you help people and get creative? You, uh, like, you know, I think one of the things that, that stuck out at me was you said the possibilities for how you can help people are, are only limited by your creativity. So get creative. Right. And, uh, and that, was, that was really cool to, to think about. I think a, a lot of people probably are, are a little bit earlier on in that stage. A lot of people listening to that call and this call and they're, they're at the point where it's, well, this is really fascinating. There's, it's much more starts, like you said, with that basic circle of who, who are we surrounding ourselves with? And for, for me, and I think a lot of people, it's, it can be a challenge because like you said, we're at work environments that don't align with our values or other people are miserable. People are counting the hours to the end of the day or the weekend or Thanksgiving when they can go get smashed or, you know, do something mm-hmm. to relieve themselves of and anesthetize themselves to this pain and this pressure that they're feeling. That's not the right place to be inspired or, or you know, develop people who are going to average you up. So how do we how do we go about just living an everyday life? What are some ideas or creative ways that you know of to start to surround ourselves with people who fall into alignment with our values and people who inspire us? Yeah, so it, I think a lot of people will hear this idea of surrounding yourself with passionate people and say, well, I don't you know have any passionate people to to be around. And and generally the answer to that is you're not either looking hard enough or you're just not looking through the right lens and like. The key is to, to find people who believe what you believe. And even at, at work, let's say at a big company, like a lot of people are either brainwashed, they're afraid to speak up, and so they're kind of follow the line. But often there's a person or two who you can tell are a little bit, they're kind of rebels. They're, they think similar ways that you do. I mean, keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. If you see anything that resembles some possible you know, interest or some idea that's exciting, like make sure you set up a lunch with them or spend time around them. Like, even if it's a community of one or two people to start, like you just you got to start very small with that stuff. And then if if you let's say you, you claim you you can't find that at all at let's say your your company, um, then there's all kinds of things you can do off outside of work. You know, if there's let's say you're into entrepreneurship, I mean, there's meetup groups, whether it's through like a meetup.com type site or all kinds of other ones that. You can find people who are interested in similar things that you are, so you can at least start to be around them. And, and you're not going to necessarily find your, your perfect group right away. I mean, maybe you will, but you kind of piece it together, and you've got to search it out. And the thing is, is that when you find people who believe what you believe and look at the world the same way, it's not even like hard to it, – it's not a challenge to connect with them because they feel like they've met their – their, you know, brother from another mother type of thing. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, like, this makes so much sense. Like, you just kind of go on and on and on. And they're looking for that as much as you are, like, because people want to be understood. And so it, it starts with that. And, I mean, it, at school, it's the same thing. Like, uh, let's say, you know, you're in college. You have all these friends or you're at a fraternity or you have different groups that you're a part of. Uh, and a lot of times, for whatever reason, you form different social circles. But when you start to realize – this understanding of your compass and, and what matters to you, you might notice like it's not necessarily congruent with a lot of the people around you. And that can be tough because you think, well, those are my friends. Like, what am I going to do? Well, and I'm not saying you, you drop all your friends or anything, but, but you need to find, at least for now, find new friends as well. And, and through that process we talked about and just exploring different things, I mean, at college, in school, like, there's all kinds of groups and things to explore, but you, you have to get out there 
and explore. You know, there's this. Um, I, I read a book on. Uh, uh, on let's see, it's called The Game, and I think I told you about it. But I, it's about how to pick up on women. And I was one of my biggest biggest mentors. Um, told me if you're going to get into sales, which I had a, I have an investment fund as well. I said, if you're going to get into investing in sales, you've got to read one book. He's like, it's the only one that matters. It's, a, it's called The Game. It's how to pick up on women. And he said, no, no, but before you think I'm crazy, realize that people are people and just think of, instead of women, think of it as you know, another person. And it ended up being incredibly powerful. It's a bestseller. It's an engaging book and all that. But there's one rule that is more powerful than any other one that I've seen. It's called the three-second rule. And it's that you know, if you, if you see someone that you want to approach, you have three seconds to do it. And if you don't, you either are going to overthink it and screw it up, or you're going to overthink it and never approach. And what it comes down to is that you say, oh, I don't know what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do. Well, doing or saying anything is better than nothing. But, you know, the people who get, the guys who get all the women are not the ones that sit in a corner and wait for them to come. They're the ones that go up and approach and say hi and, and you know, learn about them. I mean, the same thing for people around you, no matter you know, whether it's friends, business, relational, sexual, whatever, people are people. So we, you know, think about that as we approach others. And, and it's, but if you don't get out there, you're, it's, you know, the odds are it's not going to just come right to you. And but what's nice is when you find these people that align with you, it's also not going to be some crazy challenging thing to try and break into their circle or their, um, their just personal life type of thing because they, they align with you. And what's awesome about being young, and let's say you're in college or high school, is that all kinds of people, like up the ladder, let's say super successful and even famous people, you, the most powerful asset you have for connecting is being young and being innocent and just saying, hey, I just want to learn. Um, I, don't, you know, up, I don't know up from down, but I'd love to learn. And you reach out like that. I mean, that will go away. And I'm already starting to realize, like, it's harder for me to play that card. You know, even I'm, you know, only 30, but when you're 20 and you're sorting things out, like, it just, it's an incredibly powerful thing. So in, in school, in college, like, reach out to the crazy people because they'll often, they'll remember that they were in your shoes and they'll want to help. They'll want to connect. And some of those connections I made back then are still very close buddies of mine who have, you know, started and sold things or have done incredibly well or you know, maybe a couple decades older than me. But embrace that because it's, it's an asset that most people don't have once you get, let's say, 40 years or older. Dude, I love that you brought that up. It's so cool because I, I get emails from a variety of people, but the ones particularly that I, I almost kind of like jump a little bit and I'm overly eager to connect with are the ones who are 20, 21, 22, and they're in college and they're, and they're, they're already reading about personal development or um, how to learn more about themselves and how to create their ideal lives. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you're 20, you're 21, you're reading about this. I'm like, that's fantastic. And I, I have this this eagerness to connect with them. So I give them my phone number. I say, yeah, let's talk, you know, hit me up. And I'll have conversations with people. And it's it's almost as much of a joy for me to be able to take this wisdom that's out there and have someone who's young who's looking for the wisdom and then to give it to them and be like, boom, and, and then to hear back from them in a week or um, or a month or a couple months, and, and, and we haven't almost forgot a little bit that we've ever had that conversation, and for them to be like, boom, I use this, and, you know, you know, the talk changed my direction, if not my life, and here's where I am now. And I know you get a lot of that on your site also, but 
it's really, I've never put myself in that position of the kind of person who already has that knowledge or wisdom and what that feels like when someone comes to you and how it's rewarding, you know, it's rewarding for, I can imagine for you to be even having this conversation right now and, 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 and imagining the people who are going to be listening to it and them saying, man, that's Scott Dinsmore, dude, really helped me out. I was never <laughs> able to think about things like that until he, you know, dropped some jewels on Jacob in that conversation. So, oh, so yeah, I want to honor that, man. Thanks for that. And then I want to switch gears a little bit. And I can remember being in my old job. I used to do IT consulting work for small businesses in Manhattan. And, uh, and I, I left, I kind of realized, you know, at some point, more of this is not going to make me happier. So, you know, I've made yeah. however much money I needed to make to realize this shit just is not going where I want to go. And I don't know where to go, but it's not in this direction. Like, if I would have had your compass model, that I would have been going in the complete wrong direction at that point. And one of the, so I got really into positive psychology and, okay, well, here's the, science, here's the scientific understanding of what makes us happy. And in that pursuit of happiness and fulfillment and, and a life that, that mattered to me, um, I put money on the, on, the, on the back burner. And I said, you know, I didn't, you know, completely renounce all of my possessions and move to Nepal, right? But I said, you know, money can, money can wait, you know? Um, and I'm at this point now in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm ready for some of that money to start flowing back in right now. And um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, and because now I have enough knowledge of myself to be like, all right, well, this is what I want to do. Now let's rock that. Let's make that happen. So I want to ask you, I know you share some of your finances publicly on your site. looks like you're, you're growing and, and thriving. I want to ask you a pretty um, core question, and that is what is your relationship to money, and what are some of the practices that you've developed around that? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a big question. It's a, I guess it's a general one, but I'll, I'll give my first response and we'll see what, what comes of that. Um, actually, sure. before I do, I had one quick note about helping people who are younger than you, and it's just that if you don't know uh, a way that you can help someone or give something to them, just realize that give or tie is unbelievable for people. And just like you said, you like helping younger folks who are not as far along the line. Just that alone will will make a day for someone who's well-known and successful, more so than probably anything else you could give them. It's just there, give them the chance to help you out, which is crazy, but it's, a, it's an amazing thing how that works. So anyway, well, I just wanted to make sure I threw that in there. Um, but relationship to money, I mean, money is, it's, you know, it's, it's useful in a lot of ways, and I think it's, it's important for me to, to, to have let's say, you know, a fair amount of money because I want to help a lot of people. I don't really, I don't care about having, uh, you know, a big house and all these kind of things. I don't think that stuff matters in the studies to show you just kind of what that really creates in terms of all kinds of stuff. But I think when you, when you step back just like you did and you focus on what matters to you and what you care about and how you can really help people and you start really doing that and providing happiness and benefits and experiences for other people, then the money thing starts to take care of itself and people say, oh, follow your passion and then the money will follow. I mean, it's not quite as simple as that um, at all, <laughs> but it is, <clears throat> it is find a way to help people. That is always what it comes back to and find, you need to find deep fulfillment in, in helping people. And if, if you don't, it probably means that you haven't found the way that you want to help people yet. Because I believe everyone loves helping people, but 
it just you got to find what is the way that you and your comments align with adding that value. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's an amazing thing that when you start to really provide that benefit for people, then, then building the, the business around it, um, you know, it, it takes thinking and, and sorting out, but there's also most people have already done it in whatever area you are. And so there's the idea of just modeling other people. It's a simple neurolinguistic programming thing about just if someone's done something, you want to replicate it, like back into their process, understand what they did. And that's what's cool about most industries is that you can, you can do that to create uh, a business or a career around, around whatever specific thing you have. Because I, I guarantee that 99.9% .9 of the cases, if you have some crazy obscure thing you're excited about, way you want to help people, there's probably someone who's already done it, and, which is awesome because then you can learn from them, especially with the Internet. You can, you can learn all kinds of things. Um, like there's a lot more information about people available. Um, but I mean, maybe you can ask me a little bit more specifically about the money thing. I want to make sure I you know, answer it properly. But um, that's just my, my first hit at it. But what, what, what else do you – what's the specifics of what you'd like to, like to chat about? Yeah, well, I think you hit that one pretty far. That was – I just kind of wanted to just throw it at you and just see what, you know, how you swung at it. So that, that was pretty sufficient. The, the second part to the question would be, what are some of your practices around money? So what are some of the things that you know you need to do in your life to keep money coming in or to keep your finances in check? Because um, I know for myself that's a question that I, I'm asking myself right now is, okay, well, what are the kind of fundamental things that I know I need to do each month um, in order to have my finances in order? So it could be a little bit different because you're an entrepreneur and you may be thinking right. about sales or business, um, but it also may be, you know, thinking about your family life or thinking about your budget when you're, you're you know, going out and doing things in everyday life. Um, so these are, I know that young adults face these challenges as well, and it's not a topic that I don't think has ever really, it has ever felt really fun to talk about budget and whatnot, yeah. but um, I am curious because you, you speak about finance and kind of building a, or doing work that you love, and that, that work involves money, and I'm curious what some of your practices are around your finances. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very important thing to figure out, and you're constantly kind of learning about it, but there's two sides of it. I guess there's the spending, and there's the income part of it, and, and I mean, if you have a job, the income part, you don't have to worry about much, because, you know, it's pretty much going to, if you keep showing up, it'll keep coming in, but with me, there's, you know, with our, our business, it's, it's exciting because you don't know. I mean, who knows? One day it could be X amount, and a month later it could be 3X that or 5X that, or, or it could be zero. Um, but, I mean, it's starting to get, you know, it gets more consistent as you have different types of income streams and stuff. But, I mean, from a, just a simple approach, like with, with spending and things like that, I mean, have like a mint.com account or something similar. Mint is, is awesome because it's free and it's very, um, it's very comprehensive in terms of how it sucks in all your finances and you can keep track. I mean, you want to have an idea, a good idea of, of what, what goes out. And, and it's easy to spend a lot more than you think. Um, a lot of people, you know, if you ask them, like, oh, how much do you spend, they're probably going to give you a number that's maybe a third or even smaller than the actual amount that they, they spend. So, you just keep an eye on that. And so, like, I have a routine where every, every week when I plan my week, um, the last just, like, few minutes, maybe 10 minutes, I'll spend going through Mint, looking at what's been spent, looking at, you know, what's come in and stuff like that, and just to keep an eye on it. And, like, 
the idea that you know what gets measured gets managed. Um, even just keeping track just on that alone helps, and then you can start to actually think about okay, how much can we you know set aside for this or that, and and but stepping back away from just like tracking things, which is a must. I mean, you, you need to you need to track things, and and that's just the simple way to do it. I would totally suggest that that using Mint, um, but is just how you approach things and what you want and what you don't want. And that's what gets people totally screwed up is this idea of I need these different things, you know, whether it's, you know, a bunch of shopping or um, a bunch of uh, a nice car or something like that. I mean, you want to decide what actually, just like with work and who you are as a person, decide what you care about as having as a part of your life in terms of material things and, and where you really want to, spend your money. You can spend your money on anything, but you can't spend it on everything. And uh, I mean, at least, I mean, if you want to spend it on everything, you're going to probably make poor career decisions trying to just make all the money you can, which is, is ill-advised. But so decide, like, like for us, like for my wife, Chelsea and I, like for us, the most important thing is spending money on experiences. And that involves travel and, and experiences with, with friends, whether that's out exploring or at a restaurant, something like that. To us, having a, a big house or a nice car, um, that stuff just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't increase my enjoyment. And, and if that's the case, and <laughs> what I've noticed in most cases is that the, the cars and the material stuff doesn't usually increase most people's enjoyment, but it's an easy way out. It's kind of a quick high um, to, to kind of get into. It just gets to be very slippery slope. So we spend most of our money on on things like restaurants and adventures and exploring and, and travel and things like that. And the rest, you know, we keep it simple, you know, whether it's just having a one bedroom place in San Francisco, which <laughs> is more expensive than it should be anyway, um, or sharing a car or whichever. I mean, you think about just what matters and what doesn't. And once you decide to just stop spending money on the stuff that doesn't matter, it, uh, <laughs> it just frees up a lot of, well, it, it gets rid of a lot of stress, but it frees up a lot of actual cash too. Yep. Right on, bro. Well, I want to honor your time, and I want to leave the listeners with one last thought from you, and that thought, you can keep it quick, thought is for Scott Dinsmore, the man of the myth, the legend himself, what is <laughs> success? What's personal success for you? Yeah, personal success is spending your time helping people in a way that only you can, and Spending around people you generally are inspired by, enjoy, and encourage you, and doing that by, you know, for me, spending time all over the world and, and having these types of experiences. But it it just comes back to to, to having an impact and, and knowing that you're making something and, and someone better. And it's just it it's an unbelievable feeling. And that if you look back, you know, think of the rocking chair example when you're. 80 or 90, or hopefully for us, you know, 120, uh, rocking on your chair, and it's like, what do you, you know, what do you want to be remembered for? And it's, it's not about how big the, you know, trust fund is that I'm going to leave for my kids or something like that. You know, it's, it's, do we make people better off with things that we're capable of doing? And hmm. you can do that. It, you know, everything else um, seems to seems to work itself out. So um, that's it. And being around the the people that make all the difference and the inspiring people. So honestly, if that was one, only one thing that you did 
It would just be have the right environment. An inspired environment will change your world like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> well, let's leave it there. Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you and your time, dude. <laughs> Definitely, Jacob. It's a pleasure, man. And congrats, man. I appreciate us uh, and you spreading inspiration both ways, man. It, I, you had some nice things to say about the stuff I've done, but, man, you've, you've uh, put, me off, put, put me up on a different level in more ways than you realize. So I, I appreciate that and the work that you've done. Yeah, my pleasure, dude. Um, fantastic, man. Well, thanks again. Indeed. So let's take a look at some of my favorite big ideas from this interview. Big idea number one, change yourself, change the world. Doing work that you care about is a right if you're willing to work hard and be intentional. When we sit down and ask ourselves the right questions, we often realize that what we're doing isn't us. Instead, we've made a lot of decisions based on what other people told us we should be doing and other societal norms. The process of changing the world starts by changing yourself. It requires some introspection and we need to be able to answer questions like, what do you actually stand for? What matters to you? How do you define success? What are your core talents and strengths? What's your most exciting way of helping other people? Now, don't expect these answers to come easily, but if you do the digging and stay focused on them, they'll come eventually. One of the most important questions you can ask yourself is why. There's great jobs out there, but the process will always start with understanding who you are. That brings us to big idea number two, the compass. Scott talks about a compass you can use to find your direction in life. It consists of, one, your values, the things that really matter to you. Is it being healthy? Is it having a sense of achievement or spending time with your family? The second thing is your strengths and talents. These are the things that you're really good at. You know, what do people thank you for? The third thing is, what do you hate? What are the things that you just can't stand, whether it's making Excel spreadsheets or doing monotonous, meaningless work? The fourth thing is your definition of success. So how do you define success and how would you know if you were successful? It's pretty simple. How are you going to choose choices in life that matter to you if you don't know what matters to you? When you get a real understanding of what matters to you, you start to make decisions in a really different way. Your job title and salary will start to matter a whole lot less. If you do good work and help people and do things that you're excited about, you'll be able to support yourself in the long run. Big idea number three, your relationships and environment. There is no more powerful of a life hack in the world than changing your environment. That is a huge idea. And what's incredible is that you're completely in control of that. You're an adult now and you get to choose how you spend your time and who you spend it with. You can't do work that you're passionate about without surrounding yourself with the right passionate people. And when you start to surround yourself with people you admire, your standards and what you believe is possible in the world completely transform. Start to hang out with these types of people as much as you can and your mentality will shift from how could I possibly do that to how could I possibly not do that. Don't get caught up in surrounding yourself with famous and well-known people. Yeah, that can be good, but more importantly is that you surround yourself with people who you admire every day. If you see someone that you want to get to know and you want to connect with them, well think about how would I treat this person if they were my friend or someone who I wanted to be my friend. The key is to find people who believe in what you believe, so keep an eye out for rebels or things that interest you and set up lunches with these people. Start small, work your way up. 
Soul Sibling, thank you so much for rocking with us. I appreciate you, and I appreciate that you're using your time and your energy toward making yourself a better person and the world a better place. So if you'd like to keep in touch, I'd love it if you subscribe to the podcast, and I'm excited to deepen our relationship, to get to know each other better over time, and to see how I can help you solve meaningful challenges and create your most fulfilled life. We've got a great community over here, and we run retreats all over the world. We've got people who connect with each other and support each other in living the most fulfilled life. And what I'd suggest for your next step is to grab a copy of The 12 Things Happy People Do Differently. It's a scientific-based approach to happiness, and there's a lot of great wisdom out there, but this in particular is researched back from some of the world's leading positive psychologists in the world, and it's super grounded, super practical, how you could do these 12 things that happy people do differently and rock it. The article's been shared over 100,000 times on Facebook, and there's some magic in there. So in order to grab a copy of that, you can go to thankyoujacob.com. Sounds simple, and it is. Thankyoujacob.com, and uh, grab that immediately, and I will keep in touch through personal emails that I send out a couple times a month and all that goodness. So for now, sending you lots of love. Keep it real. Follow your heart, but bring your head. Peace.